0: Welcome back to the show, everyone. I'm Dylan Grouse. As always, I have Chris Jackson alongside me today. And on, t- on t- today's episode, we have a bit of a simple show. We're going to talk about some stats that really jump out at us between the first couple of games of high school, of the high school s- season. And then we're going to talk about a little bit of something interesting. We have a changing of the guard in NorCal sports. Sarah beat Dela Sound Football on national TV. I know, crazy stuff. We will get into that, but now I want to start with some stats. Now, some teams have played three games. A lot of teams have played two, but regardless, there's some stats I want to talk about. The first p- 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 athlete that really jumps out at me is the Folsom quarterback, Austin Mack. In three games played, this is not a joke. This kid has no interceptions, 10 touchdowns, 833 yards passing this kid has been absolutely tearing it up in the first th- three games but this team's only two and one what do you see from mac as the season goes go or as the season progresses
1: i mean he's got everything in him that's why he's got 10 offers he's got sanford he's got arizona he's got cal oregon washington nevada you name it he's got those offers pretty much three star tall big quarterback he's six five two hundred just the size alone, then you've got the arm talent like him. And their one loss also was to Sarah. And when they played Sarah, their top tight end, that four-star, Walker Lions, broke his leg in that season opener. So they're without Walker Lyons until the playoffs at the earliest. With the broken leg, he's trying to come back if he does. That's miraculous stuff. But awesome, Max got that talent. He's still a junior. He had offers – as a JV starter last year, too. Of course, the starter ahead of him was Tyler Tremaine. He broke some records. Too. He's playing out at Bones. He's playing college football. The Austin X, one of those guys, just arm talent alone, mechanically, he's got all that stuff. And there's a reason why he's got these ten offers in Stanford, Cal. Arizona. Yeah.
0: These guys, these guys haven't even played a league game yet. So I think that when he gets to that point in the season, it's going to be more of a test. But right now, he's looking really good, and he's definitely proven why he deserved ten offers. Another player on the list that really, really – that actually isn't really a surprise, but it's a good thing to see. We got Miramani's own Luke Duncan, who's had nine touchdown passes to one interception in two games. Come on. That is insane. Like the yards per game is good, but it's obviously not like super eye-popping. But you look at the touchdown-interception ratio in two games, that you can see why he's a UCLA commit. This kid has been t- turning around this the – Program. He throws deep balls. He's out. He's fast. He knows what he's doing out there. He's smart. What you, can you tell me about that team as the season goes? If Luke is their quarterback, how they look in the outlook of their team as it progresses down the line?
1: You're only going to see him get better when the lights get brighter and yeah. games closer, right? They haven't had games where it's just awfully close early on. he's still got nine touchdowns, right? He'll get more yards, took it all out. But he's six five. He's got that really strong arm. Just like I said with Mac, there's a reason why UCLA offered Luke Duncan, and there's a reason why he committed there. He's going to go play for Chip Kelly. He's got a fantastic arm and he's big too. It's hard to beat that, especially at this level of high school football. I think he's one of those guys that by the end, again, he's going to be one of those stats leaders. And there's some other guys out there too, right? Not too far from him, and Mateo Kongton just had a huge day for Montevista after their season-opening loss, broken a lot of new starters against Antioch. Week two, he threw four touchdowns. He then, I think he's he's a top three passer in the NCS, 507 yards, seven touchdowns, four Jesus. touchdowns last weekend. Vista having another great quarterback isn't really, I guess, a surprise to anybody yeah. that's followed Northern California football for the last 20 years. And Mateo is one of those guys that I think is going to go play at the next level too.
0: You know, I think that with those schools especially too, you look at these quarterbacks, right? If you have the quarterback the foundation of a team, the – record and the wins are going to start coming up it's just a matter of how can these players learn to play together it's early in the season right you see all these teams make a run as the season gets you know progressively later and later but you look at all these quarterbacks and just the quarterback play this year has just been incredible so far I know it's early on but you see some quarterbacks like there's a lot of quarterbacks especially in NCS we'll get to to the Central Coast section in a bit but the, in, in NCS you see some quarterbacks really separating from the pack. You see Mateo Congdon. You see Liam Keeney, who's also DB. You see, you know, Duncan, Austin, Mack. But then even Drew Henderson and Berkeley looked like he's been playing pretty well in two games. So you get a lot of quarterbacks who are just, you know, really starting to separate themselves a little bit.
1: Yeah, you're saying that Liam Keeney, I think, is one of the, I guess, most grown quarterbacks, you could say, from last year to this year. He shot a lot last year. He just wasn't fully developed as yeah. starting quarterback. And last year, don't forget, it was a three month offseason. He got nine months to work with these guys. He's looking good. And he's got 724 yards, eight touchdowns. He carved up Los Lomas. He carved up Redwood as well. This kid's 2 0. He's thrown aside also Vajra Wally. I know you just did a story on him. A Cal commit who was an NCS leader too. He's an NCS leader in receiving. He's supposed to play defense back at the next level, but he's got 327 receiving yards. Five touchdowns. Been cooking some dudes. That you've got Dylan Gagnon also there. Ryan Scutari got and Walker is a D one prospect. Rancho Scutari's got some firepower. They're so out in Sonoma County. They're a team that's up with Campo, Lindo, Foothill, and San Ramon Valley at NCSD two, where it's going to be a fun race to see you know, how that, especially between those four teams.
0: Of, speaking of Campo, there's a player that I really like on that team, and Robbie Mascaroni. R- 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 that kid is a really good player, Mascaroni. Rony is fast. He's lanky. He's got the hands. That's a kid who goes to a small school was making a big name because he's just, he's on, he's a, he was a top 10. He's a top 10 receiver in the, in the state, in the section right now, which for Campo is really huge. And you don't see that a lot with that school. It's good to see that. And you just see a lot of the, you know, a lot of these players, like another one I love is Rico Flores. He's a great player right now. He's having a great season to start, you know, him and him and uh his, his quarterback are just they're the duo right now. They're the duo. And I and I like to see that. I really I, I really think that a school like Folsom, it's cool that they have guys on the top of the list right now.
1: And Folsom's another school will get into that NorCal kind of changing of the landscape yeah. of the guard a little bit later, but Rico Flores going to Notre Dame. You see his footwork is route running everything else. He can take over games. He's got seriously, he's a force on an all American, right? Like I've said with everybody else. It's that matters. It does. He's that good. They've got that talent. He's got a great quarterback throwing to him. I know Rico Flores has worked with Lon Adams for all these years, and he's one of those footwork training gurus up there in the Sacramento region. He's trained some of the best, and it's no surprise to see what Rico's doing. But all these guys, So I'm glad you mentioned Robbie out there at Camp Lundo. He's a great three-star yeah. receiver. He's big. He's tall. He's athletic. He makes those tough catches. Over 1,300 yards last year, one NCS. Going to be, be another college.
0: He'll get some offers for sure. He's
1: already, yeah, he's already got, I think, 13 offers, I want to say at this point. He's got a lot of – he's got Ivy Leagues, high academics, too. So he's going to – he's not only going to play football at a high level, but he's also going to get a high-level education. Too. Yeah, he's
0: going to be set. He's going to be set. That's the thing about Campos. If you're a good athlete, you will also get offers from high-level um, education schools, too, because, you know, Campos is a great high school in terms of the academics as well as the sports. So it's more – it's a two-for-one there. Ooh. Um But let's look at some running backs as well. I know you said a few names, but Charles Brown at Antioch. Do we have a Najee part two on that team or no? Because he's been absolutely – the last couple games, I swear to God, Najee's back on that team. He's just been absolutely tearing through guys. He's he's a focal point on that team, and it's no question that he's just absolutely the focal point of that offense, if you will, right now.
1: You realize he's doing a great job. He got two backs who, in their first game alone, ran for over 100 yards. They ran for 480 yards in their season opener against Montevista. the Charles Brown. Went at Pitt last year. Now he goes to Antioch for a senior year. He's definitely not as big as Anaji Harris, but he's shifty. He's quick. He can do a lot of things. He's somebody that's going to go play at the next level. In that league, too, you've got Devon Rivers at Heritage. I'm going to see him tonight, put one of those vests on him to track his speed and all that stuff, too, at their practice. But I know Greg was at their game against Granada. He's had 200 plus yards each of their first two games. He's a Fresno State commit for those that maybe remember his older brother Ronnie from Freedom High School just finished up at Fresno State. He's in the NFL. You've also got his father Ron's in the Fresno State Hall of Fame, played in the NFL for a while. Rivers? Yeah, and then he's also yeah. Ron Rivers is also a softball coach at Heritage. He was our softball coach of the year. He's a great football assistant. Anyway, though, back to Devon because I want to make this about him. He's got 450 yeah. yards, seven touchdowns. A Fresno State commit. He just broke all the school's rushing records this season. Too, when he- See when
0: that's crazy. Two games in, he's already got that record. He's got the record set, and that's and that's the crazy thing, man. Is these is these kids, especially in that part of the Bay, that they, they got. You got some players who you can look at and think, this guy, if he, you know, if he stays healthy and plays well, he's gonna go. He's gonna go far in this sport, and I think that. Brown and and Rivers especially are two guys that you can tell that they're gonna be forces and on the field for a while, especially in college. I think they have the chance to be, you know, really good players in college, and I think they're gonna. There's no doubt in my mind that they're not gonna make an impact on their team. They're gonna make huge impacts on their team. Oh.
1: Especially with their attitudes, their work ethics, everybody just kind of gravitates towards them. They're coachable. It's, they're going to translate well. And some other running backs out there, too. Livermore's got a sleeper, Elijah Hodgers. I yeah. think we said summer, spring football time, whenever it was, he'd be vying for first team all league. He's got their injured 92 yards right now through two games. Livermore's playing really well at a high level under John Wade. You've got him. You've got that quarterback, Tyler Trudeau, there in the backfield with him. You've got Alex Alvarez at Montgomery. Their game got canceled this week against St. Bernard's, but he's a kid that stepped up. Montgomery's one of those sleeper teams like a Livermore. And then so is Petaluma. Silas Paulo Georges, 315 yards, three touchdowns. I know he was just featured. He's 6'1, 195. He's got a lot of talent. I believe was that you that spoke to him and interviewed him, I think, a couple of weeks ago. I think somebody interviewed Silas. I'm trying to remember. I don't think it was
0: him. me, but no, nah, he I've heard I've I've heard his name bounced around a few times. Um, and he's definitely a name was on the rise more. You know, he has some – he was talked about a bit in the offseason, but now that he's been playing better, there's going to be – there's some heads that are turning his direction a bit, which is good to see. It's always good to see guys, you know, have the, the, their name brought up more because they're playing great football. And that's, that, that's great, you know. I love seeing that. And on defense, you know, you got on the defensive side of things. You got, you know, in terms of sacks, right – you have Caden Millard in Foothill. He's got four and a half sacks in two games. That's insane. I mean, that's that's some that's some pressure to the quarterback right there. He's got four hurries. He's got two point two sacks a game. I mean, this guy's just a machine. He's not someone you can stop e- e- like easily. What is your assessment of him, and how do you think he he's gonna fare down the line?
1: As he's a, D- a D1 player. player. He, yeah. he's, his, his older brother is the head coach at Monta Vista. His dad played in the NFL. Actually, his dad was a defensive player in the year in the NFL, I think in 89 with the Vikings. But Cade looks like that next guy to play high-level football. He's way bigger than he was last year. Last year he was tall, but not quite as beefy, muscular. Now this year he just looks like an edge rusher, outside linebacker. He's he's going to start getting those offers coming in really, really soon. Once you get that mid season film going up there and everybody sees the size I and mean, like, once one school offers, a lot of schools are going to offer and I think
0: size, yeah, I definitely think size is huge too. I think a lot of coaches, especially now, if they see a guy with size, that's half of it. And then if he has the skill set, he'll get offers. I think that that's the biggest thing about, about high school because you don't really see the size like you normally would like in college, right? So if you see a guy with that size, you're going to get him some looks, especially if he starts playing well, he's going to be getting a lot of looks at. But, you know, I like Millard a lot. I like Deshaun Pratt, too. He's been pretty good in one game. He has three sacks in one game. I mean, that's insane. You can't really – I know it's one game, but still, that's insane after the first week of the season. Um, interceptions, you got some good. You got some great interception players, too. You got Samuel Yosa from De La Salle, even though he took the, the loss. He had two interceptions in the first game of the season. He's a good player. He's going to be a force on defense. What do you make of that De La Salle defense, even though they lost their first game of the year? Yeah, it's
1: they've got enough talent there. I think De La Salle is still going to get through the NCS. I don't see really somebody competing with them. I think Pittsburgh will be the top competitor for De La Salle this year. De La Salle just, though, up front. I know Sarah, you'll watch it. Sarah was the better team up front. Of course, that's Sarah's got some really great pieces up front, too. We'll get into that soon here, too. De La Salle is going to be okay on defense. They've got guys – got your kind of ham journey mccoy is a nevada commit their talents all over there they're De Salle is gonna figure it out they're gonna be okay
0: they will they look mortal though this weekend i don't know how i feel about that i always think that de la salle is a team that you never think of to be beatable but they lost their first game of the year you know after having a lead and not and giving up 17 straight right it's like it's just you i, I know they're gonna be good but I don't know. I mean, after that game on Saturday, do you think that maybe they're going to be the kind of team that might struggle to win NCS in their, in their section?
1: I still think NCS is all there. It's getting in Norcals and stuff like that is where it's going to change. If you have to play a Sarah or Folsom, we'll see. I know De La Salle actually does play Folsom here pretty soon. They got St. Francis here this week, some big games. Let me read for you some crazy stats here though. De La Salle hadn't lost a Norcal game in 30 years before the start of last season. They won 318 games against Northern California teams without a loss. They won 316 of those games, tied twice. Since then, since that loss to St. Francis last year, still eight and three against NorCal teams since then. I mean, that's that's not a bad record, right? That's not that. De bad. It's it's
0: it's like saying that Aaron Rodgers took a step back. Like he's still going to be good, but it's not what he you expect him to be. Eleven and no against teams at this point, but they're not. I mean, eight and three for any teams, great don't get me wrong, but with De La Salle, like you think maybe are they not as big of a powerhouse as they were, but you know, obviously they're still a good team, but you obviously have that thought in your, in your head, probably like they lost the first game to Sarah. Are they going to be a powerhouse the entire season? Are they going to figure it out? Are they going to struggle? We don't know, but I do know this about them that they always, they have the coaching staff that can get their team back to where they need to be in a very quick, amount of time which i think is going to be very key in their situation going forward in terms of uh, the ncs and all that stuff but one thing i do one thing yeah i think the biggest thing
1: though too and not to interrupt you but their senior leadership with the cooper flan again you got Derek thompson cooper powers they've got senior leadership just the hard part is i don't know if they'll taking a step back as much as other teams are just taking steps forward right it's even when the warriors kind of weren't that dominant team with Kevin's or without Kevin Durant for a little bit, right? Maybe they took a step back that last year, but other teams were also rising. It's just one of those things. Sarah's got an all all-time great program, an all-time great coach. Who so I think I think Patrick Walsh is the best coach in California.
0: Yeah.
1: And he's adapted unlike any other. Their first week, they were running Clayton Valley style offense to beat Folsom. Then he kind of spreads it out more and beats De La Salle, right? How does a coach adapt like this two weeks in a row against great teams and wins? Sarah's got all the talent too. They got the t- talent up front to match up with the De La Salle. They got they got a San Diego State commit. Last year they had some D one guys too. They got a big time tight end like De La Salle was. They've got. I still don't think Sarah's going anywhere. Their twenty twenty four class and beyond's great too. Their quarterback's got nine offers. A 6'4", kid. He just got offered by Michigan State. Miley Milwaukee Smith. Yeah. Joseph Bay's a hard hitting safety. He's got some offers. Danny Niu's got offers. Jabari Mann was the WCAL sophomore of the year, he's got some offers. Colin Tai too, is a great player. Mar- Marley Alapati, who had that kind of last-minute interception at Davis. South. played at Daly last year. His family moved to Daly City. Makes more sense to go to Sarah, right? He gets an interception. He's another twenty twenty four kid. So Sarah's another team. They're not going anywhere. Sarah's only going to be a team I think is going to start being on the top of Northern California yeah. here in well. Yep.
0: Well, before we talk about the last part of our show let's do some score prediction shall we let's look at who's playing this weekend you know let's, let's let's look at who we got playing in our uh in our bay area i'll um i'll put the san francisco metro area on there for for purposes of this and we'll do some scores we got some we got six games in the san francisco metro part part of town where we got a uh, monta vista playing Alisal. uh we got hollister valley christian we got independent freedom which game on there stands out to the most, and which game do you think is going to be the most highly competitive game?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting Thursday slate of games. I think that Willow Glen Pioneer game is pretty good tomorrow. Hollister Valley Christian's a good one. Valley Christian struggled out of the gates. They played some really high-level teams too, so it's hard to kind of gauge where they're at. Wilcox early on, it's hard to gauge. You have a guy like Jerry on Dick, moves out. A guy that's such a focal point, he's at Men the Latham now, right? Nobody's shocked that he's doing an MA, but that's tough to replicate early, especially when you got a young quarterback. We'll see. Maybe Hollister's that game, they get that first one. That's a tough one, though, too. I, I think Valley Christian does get that first one on Thursday night. I, I do think it's the time they finally get that first one, kind of get that monkey off the back and start getting settled in. Young quarterback really starts getting settled And Jonathan Craft's a good young guy, I like him a lot. It's just like like we've said, replacing Jerry on Dickey. I don't care if you're a private school or public school, especially when a move is kind of that like that. That's a hard thing to replace and replicate, and I don't think there is a way to replace a guy like that.
0: There you go. Well, let's do. I'm going to pick three games to choose from at at random. I'm scrolling down. I'm stopping and picking a game, and we're going to predict the score. So the first game I landed on was St. Francis and De La Salle. Kind of random, kind of not at the same time, but I want to pick that game because St. Francis is a great team as well. They obviously, we know what happened in baseball this past season with De La Salle. Now De La Salle or St. Francis has a chance to get the the revenge that they wanted on De La Salle. That game is going to be close. I don't think St. Francis is is going to get the dub because I think De La Salle is coming out angry. I think it's going to be a 31 to 20 game. But what do you think the score is going to be, or how do you think that game is going to play out?
1: It's it's a revenge tour for De La Salle because last it year is. St. Francis was that first NorCal team to beat De La in 30 years. De La after a loss has got to be a scary team. I'm I'm not sure I want to be that team that plays De La Salle this week. I think De La Salle gets it done. I'm I have no concerns about De La Salle whatsoever this week or a lot of these weeks going forward.
0: I've, yeah,
1: I've got De La Salle winning pretty big. I like St. Francis a lot. Yeah. But I I it's just Dana Styles. I think it's kind of that revenge store for him right no, now. No, it
0: is. It is. Another game I just landed on. The next game, we got Monta Vista, James Logan. Now, Monta Vista, as we know they're a pretty good school, but they obviously are one and one. So is James Logan, but Monta Vista's at home. So that will be a I think a key factor in the game. I think home teams usually are more likely to come out on top. James Logan's a good team. But I got Monta Vista in this one. I got it a close game. It's going to be 24 21.
1: Yeah, that's definitely what I'm looking forward to. James Logan had a big win last week against Los. That's true.
0: They have the, the momentum. That, on the side.
1: momentum. I like where Montevista is trending, though. Winning in Alamo is never an easy thing. If this was at James Logan, maybe I'd pick a different way with this one because winning in Union City's not easy, winning in Alamo is not easy. I think Montevista is starting to get that chemistry, though. Mateo and Jacob Shahada, I think that running game going to step up big like monavis uh, i'm with you they win a one score game but i'm seeing 28 24 in the future for this
0: game oh yeah now the last game i want to predict is the game versus two and O teams both ranked at one and six respectively we got pittsburgh and cal pittsburgh obviously we know how good of a team they are they're they, they haven't lost yet but they're playing on the road to cal cal's also 2 and O. if there's going to be an upset in any game i think it's This one, I think Cal is going to get the dub. It's going to be close. It's not going to be a you know. It's it's look if there's going to be an upset in any week because both of these teams are two and zero. They're both good teams. They're both you know. It's it's a home game for Cal, and like I said, I I usually tend to favor home teams unless there's a a serious drastic change. Um, you know, discrepancy in talent or 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 or, or anything like that. But I'm going Cal in this game. It's going to be. I'm gonna. I'm thinking. 34-31, 34-31, both of these teams are good offensively, but I think it's going to be a Cal game. It's going to be an upset. Pittsburgh's a great team, and they're going to get a bounce back, but this game's going to Cal. It's going to be a Cal home game, and I usually, like I said, home teams, especially with, with this game, could go either way.
1: Wow, I'm shocked you picked Cal on this one. I thought you for sure. I'm I'm rolling all the way with Pittsburgh. I, I love I
0: upsets though. I, That's I the thing. I'm a big upset guy. I'll always pick an upset every now and then. You will catch. I, I love Cal.
1: Today. I love what their program's got going with Danny Calcano. I, I like their running backs. So hot. I like this team they've got. Dude, Pittsburgh's so talented. They've got three and four stars across the board. You've got a four or five star quarterback too. I think Pitt. I don't. I don't see Pitt losing until they face out
0: in the playoffs. Well, there you go. That Those are our game predictions for NCS for the week. Um, Let's talk about an interesting topic you brought up earlier in the show that we were about to talk about because this is a very important thing. De Salle obviously got their first loss of the season on Saturday. They lost to Sarah. Sarah is a school that obviously we know Tom Brady was there, and that's how they got their big name. But the last few seasons, I mean, they're on the come up now. But, in, you know, I'd say – historically in the last decade or so has their name really come up in in the landscape of sports and football I mean how does the landscape change up now that Sarah is now officially considered a team that is worth watching and talking about
1: Sarah is that Sarah is the class of NorCal last year they were the team that got the open division bid from NorCal to that state championship game you go from that to beating Folsom and De La Salle back-to-back weeks to start your season both the road games by the way, it's that, one of them in a comeback fashion on national TV at Davis House. When you're down 14, then you score 17 straight, winning on a field goal. Sarah's the
0: class on Orkell now. Until, yeah, that's so, crazy. Now it was a, hey, a flip.
1: House was the class until somebody proved otherwise. Now it's two straight years. Sarah's become that class. Yep. In so until someone proves otherwise, it's Sarah's. Let me ask you this, though. Move.
0: Is Sarah the next De La Salle? Are they going to replace – like? and when, when I say this, are, are, are we going to see like that, that team officially replace De La Salle as a team that year after year always wins, always is a team that we say, okay, these guys are going to be pretty much undefeated almost every year or, or at least have a chance to. Are we looking at Sarah as that team now or are we still thinking that De La Salle is going to come back and take over the reign again?
1: It's it's hard to see somebody replicating what De La Salle did. You just see a lot of programs are getting better. Like a modern day is not going to win every year in SoCal because you've got Bosco, you got Centennial, you've got those teams. NorCal, it's the same way. You've got a lot of great coaches in this area. De La Salle is going to have its ears. Pittsburgh is going to have its ears with the talent coming up through that city and that area in East County. Bellarmine's got a great coaching staff. I think some of the young talent they're bringing in is going to win them some big ball games. It's, it's just hard to see somebody doing – Three decades worth of dominance, like De La Salle, it's harder, especially nowadays. Just with the way there's so much more talent, and
0: not even that. You get, you get players I... transferring, like it's free agency. Like I know, I know, I know. In college, it's more of a prominent thing, but in high school too, I feel like you get guys leaving schools. Like like Juron's a great example. He left to go to play for a different school. Like you see that happen in high school now. So yep. I think you know. I think that with the the. Um, the instability i guess is the word like the fact that you don't really know who's going to be on which team each year who's going to transfer or whatever the fact that sarah the last couple see is the fact that it's becoming more of a problem now but they are getting, but they're sailing now is proof that the culture and the environment is key because they're able to keep players able to get players in they're able to de- to develop their talent and i think that having that for a program especially in this day and age is huge and I do agree with you I do think that it's hard to replicate what De La Salle has done but I think with when De La Salle was successful it was during a period where players would play for high school and that was it but now you get players like I said you might see them play in Sarah for one season and then tr- transfer to a different school the next season so I think that having them be good now especially nowadays it's telling about that culture and that team and that coaching staff and all that
1: yeah there's just there's so many great cultures and coaching staffs and Sarah's that example of how they've built that thing up to where it's harder for yeah. a day out of one year and you're out Folsom's another great example of big time public school there in the Sacramento area one of their assistants is strictly a recruiting coordinator too that helps yeah. out a lot when you've got a system that dedicates himself to that it's that's almost like Texas-esque there in a little bit with the way. You don't it. have
0: that in high school really either anymore. That's no, that's not really a high school thing. You get – that's that's the thing, right? If you're able to recruit in high school, which a lot of schools can't, but some schools are able to, like the private schools, then I – that's the reason why I think, you know, being a guy who comes from – a who came from a public school, like this isn't even like – that is why it's sometimes hard to compare public schools to private schools in sports because public schools can't recruit like that but a public school is able to pretty much assemble a college team and then go out there every, every week and just basically sh- shellack a team. Cause they got, you know, six foot five receivers and 300 pound linemen and guys who they got, you know, who they knew were going to be good. And then, you know, they win games. So.
1: Yeah, that's tough, especially as a public school where it's, I know it's kind of easier to move nowadays and all that stuff, but it's, it's just tough for the resources that some private schools, district rules come into play for stuff that there's just so many different factors that come into play with this stuff. Maybe that's a good podcast we have coming up is actually, do we separate public and private in California? Cause other states do Texas has its own day
0: different day to next week. When we talk about, will we se- should we separate public and private schools on the sports yeah, landscape? I think that's a great thing to touch up on in terms of having a, a show on that because there is that debate. Right. You have the question of, is it right to put public school players who really essentially go to the school that they live in the area versus private school kids that were recruited by these coaches, handpicked and and developed into superstars. Right. So is it fair? I don't know. I mean, I think that. On one hand, it can be because some public schools are good, like really good. But on one hand, is it, it? I think it definitely makes it for an unfair competition because these players that are recruited aren't getting better playing against public school kids that are, you know, not that big and strong, you know.
1: Yeah, and I know there's been some private school coaches that have even voiced their support for separation. Patrick Walsh with Sarah is one of those guys where he said, "Heck, it's just it's not fair to us to play a ten and 0 team in the first round at CCS, but they're a smaller public school and we're a bigger private school." It's it's hard. He understands that better than anybody. I think if Patrick Walsh is a guy that understands that, that's a great conversation that we will have. We're not going to get into it much now, but next week that's the perfect topic that we to talk about.
0: Absolutely. Well, with that being said, everyone, that's our show for today. Next week, you guys know what our topic is, so come back and we're going to talk about that. It's going to be a very fun show. Stay tuned, and everyone have a blessed day and a great weekend. And don't forget. Watch that football, man. The games are on. It's going to be an exciting weekend. You're going to see some kids have fun. It's going to be a great time. So everyone, get out there on the field, on the TV, anything you got to do. Watch those games. Have a good one.